I had an opportunity to rank the AFC West uh, offensive skill players. And I put the Raiders first, um, obviously because of you, but Hunter, uh, Darren is an alien, mm -hmm. and I believe that Derek is underrated. Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we are in the Underground Lounge, the Oyo Hotel and Casino for our Monday night, night spot. We're going to be here each and every Monday night, Monday night football. Tonight you got the Seattle Seahawks, the Denver Broncos, the Russell Wilson Bowl, the Divorce Bowl, whatever you want to call it. That is uh, what it's going to be this evening. You can come by and hang out and watch the game with us. Like Juan the Smasher, his mom came by. There's others that are here hanging out, and you could be here hanging out as well. So come on by the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, uh, inside the hotel and casino. We'll be here till at least 6 o'clock this evening. Right now, my man Devon Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He's efforting Ryan Clark. We're going to get him on the show to talk all things Devontae Adams. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of, lot of feedback talking about the game yesterday. Uh, that's one guy that I don't think we have to question, right, is Devontae Adams. What a performance that dude put in. Jeez, that guy, I mean, we all knew that he was incredible. We all knew he was an alpha dog by everything he's done in Green Bay. But, man, when you see it up close and personal and you see how – he puts defenders like on a, he just puts them on on their backside, man. I mean, really, they, he just gets them so twisted up. It's it, it's funny when you see a dude that is that good go out there and operate, you know. And he just opens things up for everyone else. So uh, I'm excited about what this Raiders offense could look like with that kind of a quality player in Devontae Adams and DC and and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro all on the same page, and you know, just just adapting and gelling a little bit better than what they did on Sunday. And, you know, when you have that guy, I feel like you always have an opportunity. You know, there's always a big play there lined up for you. So there's, there's a lot of good things to like if, uh, you know, if you have Devontae Adams on your side. So we'll get to a little bit of the text and, and calls real quick before we uh, get to Ryan Clark as my man DeMond is trying to get him on the line right now. He'll let us know when he has him. Vegas Pete hits up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. &R. Anytime you turn it over three times, you're likely going to lose. The defense held the Chargers to seven points in the second half, so that's good. How dumb is SoFi Stadium, Q? You're playing an NFL. You're playing an NFL in still summer, and you put the same type of roof on, but forget air conditioning. I bet it was very hot on the field yesterday, huh? Las Vegas would never be that dumb. Lots of players were cramping up, and yeah, that was the thing. As you looked around the stadium, because I'm sitting in the press box, so I can't feel how uh, you know how hot it is, but. When you look around the stadium, that's all you saw was people fanning themselves and fanning themselves and fanning because they just were blazing hot out there. You're absolutely right. And I, I laugh when I say that, that uh, SoFi Stadium is dumb because I feel like I'm a, I'm a mouse in a big maze in that place. You're walking around the stadium, and literally you'll walk into a glass wall, and you'll either have to make a decision to go inside and down or outside and up or I mean it's just it's so weird it's like the ultimate maze that you're trying to work your way out of and it just drives me crazy like Allegiant Stadium is so simple for me right I mean it's, it's just the, the easiest thing ever you, you, you go around in a circle it's fine you'll find your way pretty quick fast and in a hurry but even leaving the stadium last night trying to get out of the the building you know all of a sudden I go out this door and it looks like the right door no it's not it's the wrong one so I'm on the far other side of the of the building and that place is enormous it's a beautiful stadium don't get me wrong I'm not trying to, like, poo-poo on it, but, man, that thing is frustrating. And getting out of the parking lot, that's the other thing that's frustrating, too. Allegiant Stadium, at least for the media parking lot, is so simple. I mean, we're a little bit farther down the street, but that's cool. We walk to our car or we get a shuttle to our car, and then, boom, we're out. And this one, man, the parking lot is just a bear to get out of. It just really is, and everyone is trying to – it's like a rat race trying to get out. So 
Uh, SoFi is, is a beautiful building, but not one of my favorite places to go to. So uh, thank you, Vegas Pete, for that. I appreciate you, and you're right about the turnovers. Most times you turn the ball over three times, you're going to turn the ball over. And think about how many turnovers and how many bad quarterback performances we saw yesterday or this per- first week. Think about Aaron Rodgers, zero touchdowns, one interception, 195 yards passing, sacked four times. Dak Prescott, no touchdowns, one interception, 134 yards, sacked two times. Joe Burrow, two touchdowns, four interceptions, one fumble loss, sacked seven times. Carr, two DDs, three interceptions, sacked five times. Stafford, one TD, three interceptions, sacked seven times. I mean, these are all quarterbacks that everyone would consider really good, right? I mean, I talked about five quarterbacks that are all top 15. Probably top 12, right? And, and I'm sure most people would say Derek Carr and Dak Prescott are maybe, you know, 12, 13, 11, 12, whatever. You, I don't care what order you put it in. All those guys had terrible performances on, uh, on, on week one of the NFL season, and I don't expect to see that uh, moving forward too much. I, I think that that's a little bit has to do with uh, week one. Gizmo said offensive game ball goes Devontae for being our entire offense. Defensive game ball goes uh, to, number, to Hobbs for being elite lockdown and making big stops, and two, Abram for leading the team in tackles yesterday. Three, for the loyal Bay Area Raider Nation for having to deal with the missing the entire first quarter because local TV coverage would not switch from the Bengals-Steelers overtime game. Oh, I used to hate when that kind of stuff would happen. That would drive me crazy. I saw a lot of people tweeting uh, at me, asking me what was going on because they couldn't see it from the Bay. And Gizmo, that's a per- that's, I hate that. That drives me crazy. So, yeah, I feel for any fan that couldn't watch the game they want to watch because there's a overtime game going on that apparently nobody wanted to win that one until finally Pittsburgh say, fine, fine, we'll win it. Also, Vegas Pete said they needed to get to Jacobs. Ten touches aren't enough. Nearly six yards per carry Sunday, and he broke off a nice screen pass for a first down. And, yeah, he had some good runs in the second half, but in the first half, uh, the run game really wasn't going too well. But uh, he did have some nice little runs in the second half, and hopefully he gets more involved moving forward. But some of it was in the first half. They didn't really even possess the ball that much, right? The first quarter was over so fast. You know, m- missing out on that first drive that they had and not scoring a touchdown and having to settle for a field goal, going back to Fabian's minus four, that was, that was, uh, that was tough. That, that really was a tough one. So, uh, all right, well, I guess we don't have Ryan Clark. Uh, DeMond has said that he tried him a couple times and he hasn't answered. So, okay. So maybe he'll hit us up at some point. If not, that's okay. We got plenty to get to, so we're not going to, uh, you know, let one guy kill the show. We'll, uh, we'll get Ryan at some point. Sometime these things happen. Uh, Mailman Raider said, Q, I'm not going to overreact. Twitter's saying we need a tank for Bryce Young, but I've been saying it all offseason. I was worried we'd make a mistake switching Yannick for Chandler. I hope he picks it up and makes me look dumb, but I am worried. Uh, that's the Mailman Raider, and I'm not even thinking about the draft. You know, I, don't, I didn't even see that on Twitter talking about tank for Bryce Young. That's silly. Uh, but, you know, the Yannick for Chandler, um, I was excited about the Chandler Jones signing. I still am. I think Chandler Jones is a really good player, but, you know, at the end of the day, He's got he's to step up, and he's got to be that dude, right? I mean, and he had uh, Rashawn Slater going, you know, blocking him, and Rashawn Slater did a hell of a job. He's a really good left tackle and basically made Chandler Jones invisible for most of the game. There was a couple plays he made towards the end, but, yeah, Chandler Jones, and I think he'll tell you that he needs to, to perform at a higher level. Max Crosby, he busted his tail, man. You saw him all the time in the backfield. Problem is we saw a lot of pressures, didn't see any sacks. You know, we were talking, what, last week? about what your expectations, realistic expectations for Max Crosby was. And we were talking about double-digit sacks. And remember I said that there has to be plays that he has to make where it's like you remember, oh, remember when he closed that off and it closed that game out? Remember when he had that sack to end the game? Remember when he had that strip sack to get the, you know, get the ball back for the Raiders? I mean, he had to have some kind of big plays like that. You know who had those plays on Sunday? Khalil Mack. 
And that's what he used to always do, is have those kind of plays. When the team needed it the most, he would dig deep, and he would go and, and, he would go and get, uh, get that play and make it happen. Uh, Max Crosby, like I said, was working his tail off, just couldn't ultimately get all the way home and, and get, get uh, Herbert to the ground. And Herbert is a hell of a quarterback, so you know he's going to be tough to get to. But uh, that's, that's what the Raiders are going to have to do. To come out of that game with no sacks is, is disappointing. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Disappointing. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Uh, ABA Ivan Davis, you're up first. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, how's it going, Q? Thanks for taking my call. For sure. Uh, just to answer your question regarding the uh, check down, the first thing I took a look at was that O-line. I said, why is he throwing the ball crazy? And sure enough, every time I looked up, the line was getting pushed back into him. I mean, sometimes you just don't have to uh, – you, you got to throw the ball away, first option. But I, I kind of like the strategy. I mean, I, I get what Carl was doing. Okay, you got your new toy and you're playing with it, but sometimes you got to look to the other options. Uh, they went to that strategy late when, when all of a sudden Waller was wide open, but it looks like what they were playing was almost a cover six. Okay, uh, well, you got like uh, cover two on one side, cover three uh, on the other side, and, and another safety, So because they were doubling Waller. And they had rotation coverage, almost three people on uh, Devontae Adams. So the holes are just not there. When, if, if, they, if you're playing cover six, you've got to wait a little bit longer for something to open because you've got to kind of like move one person out of the way in order to get – in order to get. it's kind of, it's kind of strange. You've got to move one like the cover two. You've got to move one of the inside guy out of the way, run somebody into his area to free up that, like that middle area. So it takes a lot longer – to open up a good strategy by them, actually, okay, to try to take away Renfro, but somebody's still open. And Renfro right. didn't do a good enough job to me to get open, okay, uh, and so you got to hold the ball a little bit longer. I mean, you can't just check down. That, that's exactly what the Chargers wanted. Uh, the other thing with cover six, they're they going to be sitting right there short, okay, just waiting for the check down. So you you got to stretch the field. Line got to block better, plain and simple. Okay, and so I mean, some of the passes he he um, were bad, but a lot of that was caused. I mean, was caused by by that line. They just they destroyed us. I don't think it's going to be that hard the rest of the season with uh, both Khalil Mack and Bosa on, on the same team. I don't think. I mean, I don't. Well, at least one more time. Pair like that again. <laughs> at least one more yeah, time yeah, this maybe season. Maybe San, <laughs> maybe San Francisco. Maybe San Francisco's got something equal to that. Okay, well, but that's at the end of the pl- season. They have to play the Chargers again. Yeah, they'll be, be they'll be better by that time. As long as they ain't got to see the uh, Chargers in the next couple of weeks. Gotcha. Uh, okay, they'll they'll be better by that. I guarantee you, they're gonna be better by that time. They're young. I don't I don't think them as as, as bad a line as I do. I think they're young, and gotcha. young to go against that front. Ugh. Man, plus I mean they the Chargers went out with the Raiders in mind. Okay, as far as everything they pick from the secondary, I mean, they got stars all over the place. Okay, and they st- we still should have won as far as I'm concerned. Okay, and, uh, but I think, we, I think we beat the Cardinals. The Chiefs, the Chiefs just basically looked like a doll. They were just slapping around when they felt like it. 
All right. Hey, thank you for the call, my man. Good stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff right there from ABA Ivan Davis. Appreciate you. And, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they have to – that's the thing. They have to work on improving and being a much better team uh, moving forward, right? And, again, teams get better the more that they play. And so uh, I expect to see an improvement week two, week three, so on and so forth. But health is going to be a major thing as well. It's got to be a big factor. Uh, let's go back. Let's hustle back out to the phone lines real quick. Let's talk to our friend Dark Side Don. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's good, dude? Chilling, man, chilling. Um, to, I'm gonna just start off with answering your question. Look, I don't, I don't have a problem with what DC did yesterday. To be honest, um, there was there those those throws weren't bad decisions. They were just bad throws. Um, if if he makes a better throw, we're having a different conversation today. We're having oh, DC the gunslinger, like he he's been saying all off season that he wanted to be. Or that right. he was, you know, going back to, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's what that's what that's what you see when you have that gunslinger mentality. You're gonna throw some picks. You're gonna throw. You're gonna have some off games. You know, that's just what happens. But I don't have a problem. I mean, my problem would be if, if just like everybody else's problem for the last eight years would be uh, he's checking down too much. Other than the times that we had, you know, Crabtree and and uh, Lazy Cooper, you know, right. But, I, I really don't have a problem with that. And to be quite honest, I'm not impressed with the Chargers. Um, they came into the season, everybody was hyping them up to be this and that. But I, I really didn't see a team that was above the, above head and shoulders the Raiders. I actually honestly believe that Derek makes better throws. It's it's probably a 10-score game. The two, big, the two big plays, in my opinion, was him missing Waller, missing Waller and then coming right back and throwing that pick and then allowing them to put seven up. When, they, when he threw that second pick, that's what allowed them to put seven back up because they didn't score. Those two plays, in my opinion, were the biggest plays in the game. Um, yeah, uh, Jacobs, you know, you know um, not walking in with that touchdown, that was, that was kind of huge. But those two plays right there, in my opinion, were the big plays of the game. That's what right. really could have could have settled it, but I I really don't have no problem with what DC did yesterday, man. I honestly don't. Yeah, I have a problem with the picks, but the decisions wasn't. He, it's like right. what you said, man. It's like what you said. He was he was just amped up. Right. Just make a better throw. That's all. Yeah, and I think he will. Thank you for the call. Good stuff, man. I think he will. I, I you know I really will, and or I really do. And we'll see. I mean, again, there's 16 games. Obviously, you got to clear it as soon as possible. Look at the film. See what they did wrong. Break it down. Clear it. And then worry about the Arizona Cardinals in the season opener. Here's a really good text, though, I want to get to from Lady Raider 559. She said, it was a rough game yesterday. What was up with that kickoff out of bounds? Gave the Chargers the ball at the 40-yard line. Shaking my head. Got to clean that up. That's the stuff that I'm talking about. Great text, Lady Raider 559, by the way. That's the stuff I'm talking about. That's the stuff that was harped on all offseason, all training camp, all preseason, self-inflicted wounds. That is on nobody but the kicker. You kick the ball out of bounds. You give up the ball at the 40-yard line. You don't need to assist the NFL team in giving them great field position. That's a, that's a huge mistake. And that's not on – there's no pressure. You're not getting Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa breathing down your neck. That is 100% just a terrible kick. Those are the kind of things that they can't do. Those are the kind of mistakes that I guarantee drive Josh McDaniels crazy because that's what he's trying to clean up. That's going back to DeMond's point of you have to learn how to win games. 
Winning football is not kicking the ball out of bounds and not allowing the team to get the ball to 40. That is a huge mistake. Let's talk to our friends Sean and Henderson. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Sean? Hey, I'm really frustrated with the quarterback play. Look, uh, it was said before by the previous caller, look, those were four bad throws. Missy Waller in the end zone, the picks, those were huge. But the one thing that really stands out to me is that we have three really mobile quarterbacks in our division. And you, you we had to pull on uh, Herbert's leg, and he wouldn't go down and still completed the pass. Our quarterback, when he senses pressure, he curls up in a ball. That last sack, Max sacked the left tackle and Carr. We need, we need him to be – he's a very good athlete. He needs to move his feet, move around the pocket – create more space for himself. He can't just go down, and if he does that, we're in huge trouble. Thanks, guys. Great call, great call. And, yeah, that's something that a couple people have called in and said, want to see, you know, D.C. moving, want to see him a little bit more mobile, stepping up in the pocket. You know, you didn't have have to be a guy that's just running around the yard. But, you know, going back to that point, and we've been talking about that point for a few years, and Hondo asked Coach McDaniels about that earlier today. You know, he asked him straight up about it, and he said, you know, I prefer him to – you know, have that nice little bubble in the pocket and stay there and be able to throw the ball around. But we all know that in the NFL, that's that's a pipe dream to think that that's going to be a reality all the time. You know, he doesn't want to see, he doesn't want him to to you know to have to to do that more often than not. But sometimes that happens. Matter of fact, here's Josh McDaniels responding to Hondo asking about Derek being more mobile. I would like that not to happen a whole lot. I'm not a big fan of our quarterbacks doing that necessarily. But if it presented itself and the situation was right, of course the guys are going to do that. Um, you know, and Derek's done that over his career. And, um, you know, I don't think we didn't have a whole lot of rushing yesterday between the two quarterbacks. But, um, you know, I, I think if it's necessary and you, and you need it, yes. Um, preferably, uh, I'd like to keep that little cocoon, you know, in a, in a nice spot and let him throw the ball from the from the from the pocket so um hopefully we can do that a little better so there it is right there again hondo carpenter asked that question to hit coach josh mcdaniels just and really the way he worded it was you know every once in a while in new england brady wasn't the guy that was going to run around the yard but every once in a while brady would step up and have to run and he'd have to move around and he had to do some things and he said hey you know when when the situation presents itself you got to do it i i agree 100 percent that sometimes you do have to do that and that's something that I've been a big, firm believer that that Derek should reincorporate into his game. It's just, again, it's just not something that he prefers to do. 319 is the time. We're here at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here for Monday Night Football. we got more folks rolling in. There's some wings. There's some beers I see on the tables over here. We're having a good time, so come on by. Hang out with us. we got a lot of cool prizes for you. we got some UNLV tickets. we got some show tickets. we got all kinds of stuff to give out, plus some Raider Nation Radio 920 swag. Come on by and hang out with us. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. My man Juan the Smasher is smashing on some wings over here in the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Mama Smasher's here. Allen in Vegas is here. <laughs> I like that name, Mama Smasher. <laughs> That's some next level stuff right there. What's your name, Mama Smasher? Ooh, ain't nobody messing with you. Ain't nobody messing with you. You walk in and say, what's your name? My, my name is Mama Smasher. That's a good one. I'm getting, I'm getting out your way. <laughs> you want my car keys? <laughs> I'll carjack myself, man. <laughs> I ain't mad at that at all. But, uh, yeah, we're having a good time here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino inside the Underground Lounge. 
We're going to be here for Monday Night Football, so we definitely encourage you to come on by. We've been reacting, obviously, to the Raiders' loss to the Chargers. We're trying not to overreact because it's one of many games that they have to play. Was the first uh, – I, I want to say that was the uh, – Oh, call call Ryan Clark again. He just texted me. Just call. He said uh, they said y'all have to call again. We'll just do this live on the air. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna call Ryan Clark now. <laughs> Apparently, he went to the front desk, Demon, and I don't know how that happened, but okay. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> we have a hotline number, and it goes straight to the. You know what? That's funny. Real quick before I call him, that's happened to us. Just again. call him. <laughs> Tell the story later, dummy. <laughs> Demond's like, well, hold on. Before I call Ryan Clark back, let me let me tell you this story about how this uh, phone line messed up before for us. That's hilarious. Uh, no, it has though. I know exactly what he's talking about. That has uh, messed up many times. Somehow, I think Chelsea Gray one time tried to call and it went to the front desk. That's really weird. And of course, our front desk. I'll tell him to call back. It's Ryan Clark. You know, it's kind of <laughs> kind of rude and disrespectful. But uh, hey, we're gonna we're gonna work it out. So. Uh, I forget what story I was even telling before we got that uh, that text. That's what happens when you do on on uh, on the fly type stuff here, as we're doing here on the radio, Raider Nation Radio 920. We will hear from Darren Waller. He was in the we talked to him in the Raiders locker room following the game last night as well. So we'll uh, hear from him in a little bit. But we're trying to effort Ryan Clark right now, get him on to talk about Devontae Adams, talk about what he saw from uh, the Raiders in Week One. Now I remember what we were trying to talk about. We were talking about the quarterbacks that didn't play. In, uh, in, in the preseason at all, and most of them lost. There was 11 quarterbacks that didn't play in the preseason, starting quarterbacks, and seven of them lost. So <laughs> we'll get to that conversation a little bit. But right now, joining us on the phone lines is Ryan Clark, former NFL safety, uh, host of the Pivot Podcast, and also on ESPN, a very busy guy. And, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Wanted to talk about Devontae Adams. Saw your tweet that you put out about, Mama, there goes that man, after he put up a monster performance. And obviously the Raiders lost. But what did you see from Devontae, man? I mean, he looked like the ultimate alpha dog to me. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing, the thing about him is he, feel like, he feels like he can't be covered. And I think that feeling doesn't come from arrogance. That feeling comes from experience. It comes from facing the Jalen Ramsey's, facing the best of the business, and winning in those times. Uh, you look at what he's been able to accomplish, you know, last few years of his career, but even the last two, when both he and Aaron Rodgers were first-team all-team, everyone schemes to stop Devontae Adams. You think the Los Angeles Chargers didn't come in yesterday and understand they had to stop Devontae? Uh, sometimes it's just impossible. And also with the route combinations, the different adjustments he'll be able to do in Josh McDaniels' offense, it truly seems that he'll be uncoverable the entire year. It really does. And he put in a heck of performance. Of course, obviously it's in the loss, and so the Raiders want to win the game. But there's a lot of fans that are upset by feeling like Derek Carr was trying to feed him too much. When you have a guy like Adams, isn't that the point you have to feed him because he's a, he's a volume receiver? I mean, you, you – I think the thing is, it's not about necessarily having to feed him. Um, obviously, you want to go to him because he's a guy that can catch 10 to 12 passes if you give him uh, the right opportunities. But he's also going to draw some coverage. So it's going to be about Derek understanding when to go to him and when to go to his other guys. I mean, if you look at his target rate in Green Bay, it was very similar to what we saw in the first game with Las Vegas. And I think, you know, I, I didn't necessarily take offense, but, you know, this morning I'm on on first take and you know Stephen A said something about the amount of targets that Devontae got you know opposed to Darren or opposed to Hunter which I get right these are two Pro Bowl players I think Darren Waller to me is the most talented tight end in football 
And so Derek has to know when to go away from him. But isn't it hard to go away from him when it works so much? Right. You know, and exactly. I think and I think I think to be to be upset with Derek for that is one of those things like you just don't like Derek Carr. Right? Because we we saw the same thing with Aaron Rodgers for years now. Now when Aaron played without him, he was still able to win. Right? And so you think Aaron would gain all of this confidence in the other players, but yet when Devontae's back, he was still the guy that got 160 targets last year. And so, you know, to me, I just think to hold that against the quarterback for throwing to the best receiver in the game is is kind of idiotic, especially when he's so successful. Talking right now with Ryan Clark here on Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920. And, RC, another point that I've been trying to make on the show today, a lot of folks have talked about Derek Carr in the past and said, check down Charlie, check down Charlie. He doesn't hold on the ball and allow a play to develop. He did that yesterday and ended up taking five sacks. What's that fine line? You know, how does he decipher when it's time to check down and when it's time to try to allow that play to develop for a Waller, for a Renfro, or an Adams? Well, bro, you know, I can't play quarterback, so I couldn't tell you. Oh, um, but you know when, when when you look at it, I think I think the best of them know, correct? Yeah. Uh, the best of them know when it's time to get the football out of your hand, when the rush is getting there. They have that kind of internal clock that says the the pass protection is breaking down. And obviously, you know, not everybody's going to have a Khalil Mack and a Joey Bosa guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like like it's not every team you play. There was a ton of rush on them, but this is a team that was behind that's in the Las Vegas Raiders and trying to get big plays, trying to catch up because you're playing against a guy like Justin Herbert who can create big big plays himself. And so I think, you know, for all the excitement we have of the people or the, the depth chart, the skill set that the Raiders have, we have to remember this is a, u- a new unit playing together, right? The, the, these group of people have never been together, and he's, they've also never been under this coach. And so Derek Carr is having to adjust to new personnel and also new things schematically. Without them getting any reps, really, in, in preseason, how, how long do you think that that should take them for, to develop that, you know, that chemistry with each other? A couple games? Well, I, I, don't think, I don't think the individual chemistry between quarterback and player will be hard. Right, Derek already has it with Hunter. Derek already has it with Darren. Derek obviously already has it with Devontae. What it's going to be is getting that cohesion as a group, knowing where Hunter's spots are, knowing where Darren's spots are, knowing where Devontae's spots are. And we also have to remember, from a play-calling perspective, what if Devontae's number one in the progression? Right, like We saw Darren make some big plays, we also saw an interception where we looked like Derek kind of forced it into him on the scene. But sometimes the guy who's number one in the progression happens to be open. And right. so I think, that, I think that what you have to do is understand how play calling works, understand how matchups work, and say, you know, that there's going to be pressure that creates an errant throw. There's going to be tight coverage sometimes, and you may not complete it. But for the most part, when you're throwing the 1-7, it is complete. I think what you do want to see – you do want to see Hunter get more involved than he was last week. Talking right now with the host of the Pivot Podcast, that's Ryan Clark. He's also an NFL, former NFL safety, also on ESPN. Does a whole lot of work, puts in a lot of work. He's wearing a lot of hats. You sat down with Devontae here in Las Vegas, uh, you and Channing Crowner and Fred Taylor. What did you learn the most about uh, Devontae that day? I mean, he's just so real. 
you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think, you know, all these wide receivers kind of get the bad rep of, of, of being divas or of not necessarily being tough guys. Like, he was a tough guy. And then the thing I learned after that, he's so intelligent. Just talk. Like, we got an opportunity to talk X's and O's before the show, after the show. And listening to him explain, you know, where he'll line up positionally, the adjustments that he has to make based on coverage, based on formation, based on motion, all of these different things. I just thought it was amazing to listen to someone have his understanding of what he needs to do every play and what's happening around him every play, have that so clear and have so much clarity on it, especially being new to a system and wearing as many hats as he will offensively. I think that was the most impressive part to me because that let me know that he can understand the defenses as a quarterback can, and that's how you create that synergy to get that connection. Yeah, Ryan, speaking about that time when you guys had him on, I know it was a few weeks ago, but he was saying, hey, if they brought somebody in at this stage of camp, they wouldn't be able to get it because the offense is just so complex. But in that game yesterday, how did it look to you seeing that how fast the plays were getting in, how they were running? Did it look like they were gelling as an offense, or is that still going to take some more time with how complex this playbook is? Um, I think it'll take time, but they, they didn't seem to be off in communication. Uh, a little operation was off, uh, you know, you think about the, the scene, it wasn't offense communication. Derek just can't throw that ball when you have a middle runner. Uh, the play yeah. to Devontae actually was Devontae seeing that he could win. A guy was playing him short in the inside. Derek Carr throws that to the corner pylon. That's a touchdown. And I think, you know, we start, we start getting too dang smart as people who aren't on the field. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, that was bad communication. Yes. There's, there's, no, there's no chemistry. Those guys aren't on the same page. Nah, Derek just threw it to the linebacker, you know, right. or Derek threw it short, and Asante Samuel was able to come from 20 yards away and catch it. Like, that was a touchdown. And so I think, you know, we have to, we have to just remember that these guys are human, no matter how much they're paid, and sometimes the execution of the physical is off. And when that happens, other people can capitalize. Simple as that. And, uh, yeah, R.C., I thought I was the smartest dude. I thought I was the f smartest football mind. I've never been on the football field, but <laughs> the smartest <laughs> football mind. <laughs> but let me ask you about the defensive side of things. Nate Hobbs was a guy that everyone is talking about. He, he played a really heck of a game. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about Nate Hobbs and what he can do? This is only year two of his career. Listen, I thought he was amazing. Uh, I think the, the thing for me was his physicality, right, it was his understanding of ball, uh, the tackles for loss, uh, being in, in tight coverage the entire game against very good players. Uh, he was one of those guys that I think is so vital to what you do now with all of the spread offenses, the 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers, some of those things where you have that versatile chess piece in the middle that can come in motion, change, uh, change the coverages, you know, strong side to weak side, and then understand how to execute. And so when you see a young player that's able to do that, but also be able to stand up physically in the way he was in both the run and the pass, I think those are the players you look to and realize they're going to be cornerstones of defenses as their career continues. When you were out here in Vegas and you were checking out training camp and we got to talk a little bit, uh, did anything stand out to you in a major way that when you're looking at this Raider team that you're saying, okay, I see that where they can excel at and I see this glaring weakness right there? Well, I thought Josh McDaniels was way too uptight and camp was way too uptight. It was not fun. That's the first thing. Um, 
that's what I really recognized. Um, gotcha. that, that, the, the Patriot, the Patriot way has traveled to Las Vegas. <laughs> um, but I think, I think the, you know, when you, when you look at this team, you understand up front defensively, they're going to be phenomenal with, with, with what they can do off of the edge. Obviously, Perriman in the middle is a stalwart at the backer. Your questions are in the secondary. Does Morick take that next step, right? Is Rocky Sin coming over from Indianapolis? Is he going to be able to do all the things you need him to do at that left corner? Uh, how does Pat Graham kind of cover up for some of the things that you'll miss with Jonathan Abram in space and in coverage? But how do you utilize his strengths, the run, the hit ability, the blitz ability, you know, in dime and sub packages? And so I think, to me, the secondary um, is the biggest question. And I think you saw some of that early on, Keenan Allen, was able to go off. We saw Carter uh, in the slot was able to make some plays as well um, for Los Angeles. And so I think once they understand how to manipulate the back end and zone, fire zone, uh, man coverage, and what everyone does best, I think that's when we'll see this team start to play better defensively. But that takes time. All right, Ryan, something that I want to ask you about, because Q mentioned how you came to the Raiders camp, you guys on the Pivot podcast. You were just doing a camp tour, you know, this whole offseason. And to see week one, what stood out to you, something some, something that you talked about with a player that, hey, you saw that translate onto the field for week one? You're saying with players we actually talked to during uh, training camp or just overall? Overall. I think uh, Saquon Barkley, to me, is the story of week one. Mm, yeah. uh, you know, it's good. It's good that a guy on our – first of all, guys on our show played really well, right? We had Leonard, Saquon, <laughs> Devontae. I mean, basically what I'm telling people is come on our show. You come on our show, you ball. No, I'm just playing. Um, I, you know, Facts. <laughs> when you look at Saquon, Saquon told us when we were with him that he, he was listening. And, and sometimes, like, we try to paint sensitivity or guys paying attention, you know, to – what's going on outside of their building as a bad thing. In this situation, I think it was a good thing. Um, if you watched him, he got downhill. He ran behind his pads. There were times he could have made cuts or evaded contact where he was drawn to the contract contact to get one, two, three extra yards. And then that finishing run on the shovel pass to get his face mask uh, pulled, get outside, then get his pads down and get in the end zone. I think this is one of those situations where somebody has something to prove and they played that way and it affected their team. And uh, Joe Judge, uh, Timmy Toughnuts is what I used to is what we call him. Uh, <laughs> you know, claimed to have like this hard team that was going to fight, and they never materialized into that in New York. But we saw that in Brian Dayball's first game, and Saquon said during camp that he was holding people accountable, and we saw that you know show up on the field. I think it isn't always the guy that paints themselves as the disciplinarian or paints themselves as the, the organizer or the guy that understands the, the, the strict coach that understands how things need to be played. It's the guy that actually delegates, the guy that actually knows how to organize, and the guy that actually holds people accountable that gets their players to play well. I think we saw that with the New York Giants. You know, that was a team I wouldn't have picked to go into Tennessee, the, uh, you know, last year's number one seed in the entire AFC and pull off a, a close one. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Tough Nuts. Uh, how, how, how red did Greeny's face get when you said that today on, on uh, Get Up? I thought that was hilarious. Uh, we've been calling him that for like a year now, so Greeny knows it. We talk about him. <laughs> like that. We don't call him Joe. He's Timmy Tough Nuts. 
that was so funny when you said that. And just looking at that face that Greeny made and, and just laughing and talking about it, I thought that was fantastic. Well, RC, thanks so much, man, for your time. Great stuff. What do you guys got coming out on the on the Pivot Podcast we should be on the lookout for? Uh, tomorrow, well, tomorrow, man, we're going we to take a step away from, from a little bit of football. We did so much football in training camp. Uh, we got John Morant dropping tomorrow at noon. Um, something, we're real, something we're real excited about. You know, it's, it's it's easy for us to kind of, not easy, but, you know, we've moved around in the football world pretty well. Uh, all of us are huge basketball fans, so to get an opportunity to sit down with John, kind of talk, you know, to Draymond, uh, talk about his pops and the way people perceive him, you know, some of the things from his childhood that made a kid from Murray State uh, become one of the best players in the entire world in this sport. You know, just kind of dive into what makes Ja Ja, even some of his training schedule, because we had his trainer on as well to say, okay, what tells us that in game six and the game five and six against the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs, you'll actually be available this year? Because we know talent is not his issue, but, uh, you know, right. the best ability is availability. Oh, RC, real That's quick. Stuff. Something oh, I want to talk to you about. I know you got DC and RC, and I got an MMA show myself. Did you? Were you able to check out UFC 278? Yeah, you know, um, I was kind of upset. You know what I mean? Um, the the whole card kind of goes to crap, and you know, we got to we saw Tony and Nate like five years too late. Uh, right. The obviously the Chimaev outcome was probably the most predictable outcome in UFC history. You know that. Kevin Holland, who can't wrestle, would be taken down and submitted because he can't wrestle. And so I think, you know, whereas obviously I think Lee, uh, Lee Julian got a bad, a bad decision, you know, call for him. But, you know, we got to see Big Brian again do his flip. That's always fun to see big men, big men do agile little people things while, when he won his fight, you know, obviously by the TKO. But I think it's always, the UFC always provides us great content. The UFC always provides us an opportunity to, to get to know these dudes in a different way from a fighting standpoint. And this week was good, but I think I just wanted to see Nate uh, and, and Hamzat, and then when it didn't happen, I think I was already in letdown mode. It was like somebody canceled <laughs> Christmas, and they replaced it uh, with Easter, which is cool, but you don't get presents. Right. It's cool, but it's not that cool. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> right. Well, RC, man, hey, thanks so much for your time. You're doing great work. Keep it up, man. We'll talk soon. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, bro. All right, there he goes. Ryan Clark, former NFL safety, host of the Pivot Podcast, on NFL Live, on Get Up, on anything that's on ESPN. He's covering it like a glove. And on RC and DC, as uh, Damon pointed out, uh, talking a little bit of the fight game right there. So there you go, Damon. Uh, potential there, um, potential guest on your fight game show. I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. 3.43 is the time. Damon's already thinking. The wheels are already turning. We'll get back to some calls and texts. Great stuff from RC. Go ahead and hit me up and let, you, let me know what you thought about what Ryan had to say about the Raiders. Devontae Adams and more. This is Radio Nation Radio 920 live from the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Jason, Demi, Allen, Juan the Smasher, Mama Smasher, and more here. You get a big Raiders. There it is. There it is. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We're inside the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Monday Night Football will be on your TVs in a little bit. You need to come out here and hang out with us. It's the Russell Wilson Bowl, the Denver Broncos, the Seattle Seahawks. There's a lot of great specials that we'll tell you all about in just a few that you can enjoy while you're here. But, I mean, just come hang out with us. I mean, that's that's reason enough to come hang out. But there are a lot of specials that I'll get to, including some uh, tickets and everything that I have to give away 
as well. We just heard from Ryan Clark, the former safety, uh, obviously is the host of The Pivot. He's on ESPN, all over ESPN. He's the host of RCDC, a lot of really good stuff. So we're uh, getting your reaction. Calls and texts, 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword r Got a text from the 408, said, can we please get to DeMond's story that he thought was so important he was going to put Ryan Clark on ice to tell it. So, DeMond, I ask you, go ahead and tell the story of why you were going to hesitate to call RC to tell this story. Jokes on that texter because that's literally all I was going to say. Was that happened to us once? And then hop back, back off. There was no need. Okay, maybe a 15-second <laughs> delay, but that's all it was. It's one no. of those. You worked yourself into a shoe with that one, brother. No, no, that was you. Were, no, the texture was right. You were about to go down a rabbit hole. You're like, oh, funny. Before I call, before I call RC real quick. Twenty that, seconds you, tops. <laughs> no, we were already thirty minutes behind. Well, that's so a, who's twenty seconds. That? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what Got I said? As I picked up the phone, I will. I'll pull you back behind the curtain. I said he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Got a text from Cucamonga Raider. Said Ryan Clark is on point. In my opinion. You feed the best player on your team until the defense takes it away. Who the hell, team, or fan is going to be upset if you're feeding the same guy who's winning the matchup and gaining you yards, scoring touchdowns, etc.? When you take it, you go to the next man up, D-Wall, Renfro, etc. I called a high school football game one time and ran the same running play five times in a row because it couldn't be stopped. Besides getting the yardage, it plays a mental game with your opponent. How embarrassing is that? That's Cucamonga Raider. You know the funny thing is about that? There was a point, and I don't know if you saw it in the broadcast, there was a point in the game where Devontae Adams made a catch, and he pointed to his helmet and basically said, I'm in dude's head. Whoever was uh, defending him, Asante Samuels Jr., he said, I'm in his head. And there was a, there was a, a play or a couple plays where Asante tried to get kind of physical with, uh, with Devontae, and Devontae kind of laughed it off. He even laughed it off in the locker room following, and you'll hear that conversation that we have with him in the locker room coming up in the next hour. But, uh, yeah, that, that's actually a good point right there from Cucamonga Raider. Thank you so much for that text, my man. Let's go out to the phone lines, though, at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Eddie, in L.A. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? I'd like to make uh, three quick points. It's been a while since I got here and I worked the same when I can't be yelling and screaming inside the office. But point number one, (laughs) to all the Raider fans out there, okay, you guys are not in the pain anymore, so remember, stop being whining fans like 40 whiners, all right? So first, game. Chill. Last year, we played these fools. They beat us in SoFi, and what do we do? Pay them back, keep them out of the playoffs. That's point number one. Number two, you're going to feed Devontae Adams. That's what you got him for. Last year, fans were there whining and complaining about him feeding too much Waller, and now they're complaining that he wasn't throwing enough to him, okay? Then point <laughs> number three, we, we took uh, Derek Carr through three interceptions, okay? We didn't look good at all in the first half. Came back and almost had a chance to win that game. Almost, almost. This team, this uh, Derek Carr and them, had not had enough time to be together as a unit of offensive line. New, new, uh, new play calling system. You know, somebody new in his ear is calling plays. So relax. Team is still going to the playoffs. We're still going to make a deep run. Just chill. Everybody just chill. Go run over there and be a Winers fan. That's all I got to say. But from everybody out there, from L.A. to the Bay to the Vegas, there he goes eddie in la thank you for the call my man and i'll tell you what man driving home from la last night was no fun let me tell you how much no fun it was i have the worst luck when it comes to traveling the worst like if you want to get somewhere safely do not travel with me 
I am the worst of the worst. As soon as I leave SoFi Stadium, I'm getting on the highway. My little GPS, the little cute thing says, oh, you'll be home by 945. Yeah, okay. Man, all of a sudden, next thing I know, the emergency alarm, alarm system hits. And it says flash flood warning. And all of a sudden, the whole city of L.A. started raining. I mean, it wasn't the sky. It was the city was raining. And I'm in an SUV, thank goodness. But, man, it's like I'm in Noah's Ark, right? I'm like, what in the world is going on? There is rain everywhere. So I'm just driving, shaking my head, thinking, like, I ain't going to tell my mama this because she's going to be worried about me driving home. So I ain't going to tell her I'm in a rainstorm. But, man, I might as well been in the middle of the damn ocean. That's how much rain there was. And so it took me. So by the time I got out of the rain, that 945 arrival time turned into 1045 arrival time. And that by that time, and I told Paul Gutierrez this earlier today when we were at the Raider facility, I swear there was a point where I looked over and there was someone sitting next to me in the car. Like I know I was tired when I was driving home, but I looked over and there was someone sitting there. So I really think that Jesus took the wheel. You know when they say Jesus take the wheel? I think he took the wheel last night, right? I looked over, and I swear Jesus was there like, Q, you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. Because I had to take a double take. Like, has that ever happened to you where you had to take a double take because you swear you saw something? I honestly, to God, on my everything that I love, thought that someone was sitting right next to me when I looked over at some point. I looked over, and I was like, oh, whoa, hold on. I am in this car by myself, right? So, man, I'll tell you, I was so tired. And then when I get into Vegas or get into Henderson, I'm getting off at Pecos. I drive a little bit down the road past the M Resort, and then the road is shut down because it flooded, apparently. So then I had to go through the neighborhood. So then I look suspect, right? I'm in this black SUV driving through this neighborhood trying to figure out where I'm going real late. Yeah, that's not suspect, that says anybody. Man, by the time I got home, man, like my grandmother used to say, I almost kissed a duck, man. And all the water I was in, hell, I could have found a couple ducks. That was incredible. I got the worst. Even when I, when I fly, I usually have the bad luck. But this is driving. I'm talking about driving, not flying. I'm talking about driving. It was incredible, man, just terrible. So let's not do that anymore. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I got a tweet from Lou. Derek Carr is garbage. So tired of watching him. Like my grandson son says, he's trash. So frustrated with his play, even when he's playing okay, and he was just bad. That's from Lou. Lou clearly is not a Derek Carr fan. But, hey, you know. I appreciate the feedback, Lou. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the, the tweet. Um, let's get to one more, and then we'll take a quick break. Um, from the 986, here's two things that bother me. Carr being most clutch went behind in the fourth, and he was awful. McDaniel's play calling was bad overall in crucial times. And I think there's, there's a little something to that. Um, I think this is all new for everybody. And I, I did feel pretty confident, though, again, when Carr had the ball late that this is what he does best is make plays when it matters, and he just wasn't able to make that happen uh, on Sunday. So, like, it's one game. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm not going to overreact to anything. I'm going to more overreact to the rain that I had to deal with driving out of L.A. than I'm going to overreact to the game just because, you know, there's only, there's, there's only 16 more of these things left, right? So I, I think that they'll be a lot better. I think they're a really good team still. They just have to work some things out, and that's exactly what they're going to do. 3.55 is the time. When we come back, we'll take you inside the Raiders locker room post game following the loss to the Chargers. We'll let you hear from Devontae Adams. We'll let you hear from Darren Waller. We'll let you hear from Jermaine Illuminor. That's all coming up in the next hour here on Raider Nation Radio 920.